Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I want to open by reading from Exodus 13, and it's two verses uh, as we begin today. Exodus 13, verses 17 and 18, and it says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, If the people are faced with battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the sea. I'm preaching a sermon today that I've titled The Way Through the Wilderness. Will you look at somebody and tell somebody the way through the wilderness? The way through the wilderness. God, we come before you today as we look to your word. God, we pray that you would speak to us. God, we want to be brave enough in our prayers that not only would you speak to us, that we will never be the same. We will not be the same when we leave as the same as when we walked in because you're going to speak to us and you're going to change us and a seed is going to be planted and it is going to take root and it is going to become a fruitful seed in our lives. God, bless our church today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. How many ready for the word today? You ready for the word? The way through the wilderness. I I hate, I hate the wilderness seasons of my life. Anybody else feel that? I hate the wilderness. I hate it. I have been in my own wilderness season for about a year. I'll be straight up. I have been in the wilderness. The wilderness doesn't mean that I don't love Jesus. It doesn't mean that I'm off out in the boonies or that I'm wandering necessarily away from God. But I have been in a a wilderness. And the wilderness is a place of of dry things. It's a place that's desolate. It's a place of dead things. That's what the wilderness represents. It represents when you're feeling the heat in life, right? I'm feeling the heat. It's the wilderness where you feel all along. You, you feel a, a little bit lost. You, you feel confused. You feel like maybe God is not listening. Maybe God is not answering your prayers. It's the wilderness where the quietness is actually deafening. It's the wilderness where I don't understand God. It's the wilderness where I say, God, I I don't know what you're doing. I need to know. But I know this for my own life, that the most valuable lessons I have learned throughout my own life have been in the wilderness. They've been in the wilderness seasons. It was in the wilderness where my life is tested. It's in the wilderness where I've passed a couple tests, but I've failed more than I can count. It's in the wilderness where God, he tests me and I've failed test after test. I I know, I know I'm preaching to myself because y'all are straight A students in the wilderness, but I've failed test after test after test. I failed the test of trusting in God. I failed the test of hearing God. I failed the test in listening and obeying God and following God. I failed tests in fear, in worry, in guilt, 
and shame. It's in the wilderness where I failed the test of complaining. And, and I failed the test of, of murmuring. And I failed. It's in the wilderness where you experience temptation. It's in the wilderness where you experience pain and trials and, and suffering. And, and I failed all these tests so many times. And, and, and you know what happens is when you fail a test in school, it, it means you didn't learn what you were supposed to learn. And so you're going to have to retake that test. And you're thinking, man, God, I'm back in the wilderness again. It's not his fault. It's your fault. Look at somebody and tell him it's your fault. It's your fault. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. So he has to retest us in the wilderness. But I would never, I would never trade the wilderness. As much as I hate it, I would never trade the wilderness seasons in my own life. Because it's the wilderness that pulls me away from the world. No, 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 no. I'm going to need some help preaching this one today. It's the wilderness that pulls me away from the world. It's the wilderness that pulls me into the depths of God's word, into the depths of true worship. If it weren't for the wilderness, see, see, it's the wilderness where the distractions are removed from our lives and we're all alone with God the wilderness season I know some of you today are in a wilderness season and God wants to teach us all some things about the wilderness so I'm going to give you four things that today keep in mind when you're in the wilderness season number one and if you're taking notes write this down write this down write this down write this down you want to remember this forever write this down you don't want to, they, they say a preacher statistic is the average person, he, they forget everything they heard, 95% of what they heard in the first 72 hours. Now that's a normal church, so for y'all probably forget it within, you know, I don't know, 96 hours or something like that. So write it down, write it down. I, I'm a note take. I don't know if you go, I could take copious notes. Every preacher that we've had come in, I could show you my notes in my phone. And it, it, my staff will tell you because I've showed my staff. It's just line and line and line and line and line and line because I can go back to it. And I can look at it and I can study it and I can examine it. And, and so I want you to write number one down is that God will guide you in the wilderness. If you're in a wilderness season today, God will guide you in the wilderness season he is a good god he will guide you he will someone needs to hear this god has not abandoned you god has not left you alone he is with you and he will guide you he will guide you there's two ways you can be guided you can be guided in the short route or the longer route. But God is so good that he's going to guide us anyway. He's not going to stop leading. It's just that sometimes we stop following. But he wants to guide you. So the question is not, will God lead me? The question is, will you follow? Will you follow? See, God is faithful. We are the ones who are unfaithful. We are the ones who want to go off in our own direction. We are the ones who want to do life our way. 
I want to do life the way I want to do life, but God, I want you to bless it. And, and, and we are the ones, we are the ones who want to follow some of his word, just not all of his word. It's like the Bible. If it's a feast and we get to eat on the word, right? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, Jesus said in Matthew 5. If the Bible was like this, this big feast, we treat the Bible, it's, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, it's like a Bible, you know, uh, buffet, You're like, oh, I'll take some of that, that blessing right there. I'll take some of that favor right there. Right, right. Oh, I'm going to cheat on my wife because that just seemed fun. <laughs> and some of you, you're cheating right now. Your whole face has just turned red. Your heart's beating. You're in sheer panic mode. I, I, I want God's goodness. I, I want a, a good relationship. I, I want... My finances to be blessed. Yes, Lord. I don't tithe. A Bible buffet. That's the way most people live their Christian lives. I'll take what I want. I'll take some of it and not all of it. We're the ones who are unfaithful, not God. Listen, God has already given you a guide in the guidebook. He's already given you a guide in the guidebook, the Bible. He already gave it to you. It answers so many of the questions that you already have in your life. The question is, will you obey it? Will you obey it? Listen, we live in a day where it's about feelings. It's about what I feel. It's about what I think. Oh, but this feels right. It's not about your feelings. It's about his word. It's not about your own thoughts. It's about his word. It's not about your own desires. It's not about your own desires. It's about his word, his word, his word. Did you know what took the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness? 40, 40 years in the wilderness could have taken them. Y'all ain't ready for this. 11 days. <laughs> How stupid would you feel when you got to heaven and the Lord is like, that should have taken 11 days. And that was the long way. Not my fault. Your fault. Your fault. It's not my fault. I gave you the guy. I gave you the way. I gave you the way. 40 years could have taken 11 days. 11 days. Why did it take 40 years? Because they wandered. They wandered. Because of their disobedience. Because of their rebellion. Their complaining. Their selfishness. Their ingratitude. Their fear. They're not trusting God. Not trusting in the leader God gave them, Moses. Not trusting in their, the, 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 the word of God. Not trusting that God provided for them again and again. And then they're still terrified that God's not going to provide for them. The, the, because of them, the, their own false gods that they make. I'm, I'm going to make a false god. Because of their own fornication. Because of their own disobedience. Because of their own sin. See, what happens sometimes in the wilderness... What happens sometimes in the wilderness is we fail this test badly. And instead of the wilderness 
pulling us into the word, our wilderness becomes our wildness. And we wonder why this is taking so long. God, why is this taking so long? But God is so good. He's so good. He's so good that in spite of all that, he still faithfully led the Israelites into the promised land. He still, he still led them into the promised land. He still, God will guide you, but will you follow him? See, it's not popular amongst church today, but there is a cost to following Jesus. There is a price that has to be paid in order to follow Jesus. Most people don't want to pay the price to follow Jesus. They're just glad that Jesus paid the price for them. It's a lopsided relationship, wouldn't you say? But there is a price that must be paid. I want to read to you a scripture. These are the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 16, 24. Jesus told his disciples. Okay, I want you to look at somebody before we read this verse and tell them you're a disciple. Tell them, tell them, tell them you're a disciple. I want you to tell them this. Which one are you, Peter or Judas? Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. I didn't, I didn't ask you to answer the question. I just said, pose the question. And Jesus told his disciples, the reason you're a disciple, you know, is because you, you, you are a, a Christian is a disciple. It's not like I'm a Christian, not really a disciple. You're a disciple. A disciple is someone who is supposed to be disciplined in the things of God, the word of God, prayer, fasting, Worship, going to church, disciplined, and going to church. You know that the church needs you as much as you need the church. One day, you're going to figure that out. One day, you're going to figure out the whole point of you going to church is to be edified and built up and equipped to do God's work. And when you start serving in church, you start to, man, I get so pumped up every, every Sunday with all of our dream team volunteers, every Sunday, y'all don't even know. We, I pull in at 6 a.m. just about every day. I shouldn't tell you that because I'm going to be some creeper that's going to meet me here, but I pull in, but I got security. So it's, I, I don't need security. You make me need security. I don't even want security. It's awkward. But I'm just like, there's that freak that's going to show up. But, but, but I show up. And, you know, we got people on trucks and golf carts. It's 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Putting out 300 and something no park, no impact church parking signs. Some of you are Judas. And you park there anyway. That's Scottsdale entitlement right there. Jesus said, 
to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him say it, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me to follow Jesus means to deny yourself. But, but I want to do this. Deny yourself. But I have this feeling. Deny yourself. Man, this feels so right. Then is, it, is it right in the word? Is it right according to the word? But it just feels so right. Is it right according? Deny yourself. Deny, die to yourself. Die. Je- to follow Jesus means to follow Jesus to the cross. It means I do what he says. I go where he says. I give what he says. I love how he loved. I forgive how he forgave. Listen, listen. Obedience is what separates the people of faith from the people who are fake. Yes, sir. Woo! Y'all ain't ready today. Y'all, y'all didn't come ready today. Obedience is what separates the people of faith from the people who are fake. The people who are fake, they, they look the part. Man, they sure look like a Christian. They look like a believer. <laughs> they go to church. They got a Jesus tattoo. <laughs> the, 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 the faithful from the, the fakeful. It, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the saints from the ain'ts. See, hey, you know what I learned in my short life? I'm young still. I learned that there is a, man, there's a big, a big difference, a big difference, a big difference between knockoffs and name brands. I got hosed when I was in my 20s one time. And I was eating at this Mexican restaurant downtown with some buddies. I should not be telling you this, but I'm just going to tell you. I keep it real. And this dude comes up, and he opens his jacket. He's got like 100 watches. Hey, man, you want to watch? I'm like, Movado. I'm looking through the watches, and I'm like, how much? You know these are either hot or they're not real. Pastor Travis, how much? <laughs> I'm human, you know. $25, but I got to get rid of them now, 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 right now. I said, I'll take three. A week later, my wrist is green. <laughs> hey, there's a difference between knockoffs and the real deal. There, there's a difference. See, some people, they're trying to fool us. Some people, they just hang a Jesus logo somewhere on their bodies, but they're not the real deal. And there's a cost of following Jesus, but there's also a reward. Yeah, right. This is what Jesus also said in John eight twelve. He said, I am the light of the world. Read it with me. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. Keep going. will never walk in darkness, but have the light of light. That's the reward. You'll never walk in darkness. Have the light of light. Or you can go on your own way. Whoever follows him, God will lead. Will you follow? I want us to look back at this verse in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, part A. Look at part A with me. 
God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. God did not lead them along the main road, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. You know what this verse states? Two things. It says two things. What it's saying is God will not only lead you toward your destiny, but he will lead you away from your destruction. Isn't God good? Come on, I keep saying isn't God good? I don't know about y'all, but when I travel, I want the shortest route. Don't you? I want the shortest route, the quickest route. I will pay money for the short route. I, some of y'all, you, 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 you're thrifty, and you're like, I'm going to connect this airline. I'm going to connect in Dallas. Then I'm going to connect in Chicago. Then I'm going to connect in Connecticut. But I'm going to end up in Tampa. But it's cheap. I'm not doing that. I'm flying direct straight to Tampa. I will pay money to fly direct straight to Tampa. I sit on the front of the plane. Don't call me bougie. I want off that plane. As soon as it lands and them doors open, I don't want to be stuck behind 300 people in the back waiting on them. I want to go. I pay money for quick. I pay money for quick. We all would prefer the shortcuts in, in life. Verse 17b, look at it. This is the B part. God said, if the people are faced with battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, God knows that the shortest route will bring some battles that you're not prepared to fight. He knows that short route, it will ruin you. He knows that short route, it will kill you. He knows that short route will change you. That short route is going to make you forget about God. That short route is going to make you forget about God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your life. You might lose focus of your promised land. You might, you might go back to Egypt. You might go back to your old ways. You might go back and return to your old ways of living. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Because what I'm saying is there's some things in your life that you think will bless you, but they're actually going to curse you. And God knows that. God knows that. It feels like God didn't answer this prayer. He didn't give it to me. God answered your prayer. He didn't give it to you. I know, I know, I know, I know you want it so bad. You want it so bad. Oh, God, I want it. She's so beautiful, God. God, can I have her? Man, I just look at her Instagram photos and I'm just like, oh, God. My heart beats. She's an angel. No, she's not. She's the devil. She, hey, she's the devil. She's the devil. She's the devil. God knows who she is. You know who she thinks she is. Oh, but that guy, he, oh. He's so hot. God, please, he's so, he's so fine. <laughs> no, girl. He's a man of fake. <laughs> I 
God, God, God knows the path you need and he knows the path that you don't need. He knows both. I, I love this. Will you follow? Will you follow? So listen, God read, led them through a roundabout way through the wilderness. A roundabout way. God's way is all, listen, God's way is always the roundabout way. Always. Every time. It is the roundabout way. God might not lead you down the shortest route, but God will lead you down the surest route. He is in control and he sees down that road. He sees down that road, the roundabout way, the way through the wilderness to protect him. This is just point one. I don't know if I'll get through this thing, but we're going to try. A roundabout way. God did not lead them. Listen, listen. Look what it says. God did not lead them down the main road. Whoo, that's good. He, he led them down the master's road. The main road and the master's road, they're radically different. For I did not lead them down the main road. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, he said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small, small is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life and only a few find it. The main road, the main road, the main road is overcrowded. The main road, it's, it's overpopulated. The, The main road, the main road, that's where everybody else is hanging out. You don't know where I'm going yet? Any preachers that know where I'm going yet? Anybody that can, that you think you can preach? That you know where I'm going with this yet? The, the, the main road, the main road, that's where your old friends are. That's where your old ways are. That's where your old habits are. That's where your old mentalities are hanging out. The main road is where everybody is. The main road is where everybody can see you. The main road is where you'll be noticed by your enemies. The main road is where you become visible and vulnerable. The main road is where you get exposed. And so it requires taking the road less traveled. I don't know about you, but I prefer the roads less traveled. I've gotten to a space in my life. Hopefully it's wisdom. I will park at the back of a parking lot, the farthest. I don't care. I'll walk. Nobody's parks out there because everybody wants convenience. But I park out there because I don't want door dings. Because door dings are of the devil. I'll park way out there. I'll risk my own personal security for a door ding. If you went with me, I'm thinking of, anybody ever been to Nordstrom's at the Fashion Square? 
And may, maybe all the doors are this way, but I go in through Nordstrom's because it's a quick route for me where I park. But I park, I'll go to the top parking garage. Everybody looking for that bottom, like, oh, I got to find the bottom space. And I was like, nah, man, you can have the bottom. I'm going to the top. No cars up there. The higher I go, the less the people coming with me. I'll give you another funny stat. I just want to know if anybody does this because I'm probably weird, but I just want to know if anybody does this. So you walk up to Nordstrom's, to the doors, and they're these kind of handles. You got to touch it to go in. I don't do that. I hit the wheelchair button. And I walk through. And even if they didn't have a wheelchair button, <laughs> this is weird, I know. Uh, even at Glory Games Gym, I'm sorry, brother. I know, I know, Caleb, I know. That's the gym, that's the spot. But even in, like if I go to the restroom, I don't push the door or pull the door, right? Well, I, I reach real high and push the door. <laughs> it's a real fun fact about me. Anywhere I go, if you push the door, if a door can be pushed, I push it up high. Because everybody's pushing it right down in here. I like the road less traveled. And God is taking you down the road less traveled. Because he's got a promised land for you. And he's trying to get you there. He's got a secret passageway that goes through the wilderness. We got to move on number two. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'll just blast through these uh, God, God, will, God will provide. God, God will guide and God will provide. God will provide. God will provide, listen, in every facet of your life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally, financially, God knows what you need, when you need it, and how you need it. God will provide. For some of you who need something today, God, listen, God will provide. He will provide. And my God, Philippians 9, uh, 4, 19, and my God shall supply all your oh, need. Look at somebody that says it doesn't say greed. Tell somebody it doesn't say greed. It doesn't say greed. All your need according to his, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God, God is your provider. He's your supplier. Not you. God. can you make my heart beat another time can I make your heart beat another time can I give you can I give you one more breath of oxygen in your lungs can I make that baby stop crying can I I cannot even mom was like baby girl baby boy whatever please not right now we're in church like you can't make nobody do nothing God, God gives you another heartbeat. God gives you another breath of oxygen. He does that. You don't have a choice. This is important because I think we think we're our own providers. I think we think we're our own providers. And I think the more money we have, the more wealth we have, the more we think we're pretty dang cool. Almost cursed. I almost said the D word right here in church. I don't even curse, so I don't even know where that came from. It's the devil. Or it could be God. You know, you never know. It's like a fine line. Is that God's or the devil? 
It's why you live all stressed out and in fear. Because you think you're your own provider. That anxiety, because you're trying to control everything. Just relax. Wouldn't it be cool? Just relax, man. Well, man, let God. Just, just let, let's let God do it. God's your, God's your provider. Everything you have, everything you have, everything you've ever had, everything you will ever have is from God. It's from God. Your health is from God. Your skill set is from God. Your personality is from God. Your relationships, your family, your network, your opportunities, those came from God. The family that you, your mother, your father, that came from God. The children, that came from God. See, God provided for the Israelites over and over and over again. And they still murmured and complained that God wasn't going to provide again. We do the same thing. We literally do the same thing. And for the Israelites, God provided a cloud by day, fire by night. Follow that. Is that hard? Follow that. Cloud by day, fall by night. That cloud right there, Lord? Yeah, that one right there. Okay, oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. What fire, what fire? Oh, that, oh, that fire, okay, Lord, okay. That fire, that fire, yep, that fire, okay, Lord. Yep, that fire says don't murder, don't cheat, don't steal. That fire says don't commit adultery. Wait, 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 wait. She's fine and I'm married. I, I'm a, and then you wonder why life is so hard. <laughs> I know. I'm messing with some of you bad today. And, and God provides daily manna, daily manna, bread from heaven. He, he, he provided quail. He provided, I almost, I almost preached a sermon called warnings in the wilderness. Read 1 Corinthians 10. Make your own sermon off it. It's literally the warnings in the wilderness. Things that we learn from the Israelites. Almost titled it Water in the Wilderness. Because there's always water in the wilderness. It's in the wilderness. Hey, hey, it was in the wilderness where God provided the Ten Commandments. God provides in the wilderness. He will provide for you. He will provide for you. It's God's word that declares. God is my strength. God is my fortress. God is my rock. God is my refuge. God is my defender. God is my portion. God is my healer. God is my redeemer. God is my rescuer. God is my ever-present help in the times of trouble. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my light and my salvation. God is my redeemer. God is my hope. God is my future. God is everything that I'll ever need. He's all I need. God is my provider I, I, I want I gotta keep going sit down sit down sit down sit down sit down keep going because 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 we sang a song called Jira which means Jehovah our provider watch this Jesus says in Luke 12 To his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you, about your body. (laughs) Let's go back to that one. About your body, 
Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about your body, your body, your body, your body. Don't worry about your body, body, body. What, what you will wear, wear, wear. <laughs> Don't worry about the boob job, job, job. Don't worry about the butt lift, lift, lift. Don't worry about the Botox, talk, 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 to talk, talk. Don't worry. <laughs> He says, for life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't have storeroom or a barn. They don't have billion dollars. They got big bang, 15,000 square foot house up in Silverleaf. He said, they got none of that stuff. They ain't in Paradise Valley on Lincoln Road. The birds, the birds. <laughs> Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Isn't God great? God is great. God is great. Because God provides even though. Even though my wilderness turned me into wildness. God provides. Even though we are not worthy. Even though we are ungrateful. Even though we won't thank him, even though we continue in sin, because unlike any other relationship that you have ever had, unlike any man you have ever met, unlike any woman you have met, never, ever, ever met, God will never give up on you. Never give up on you. God will never give up on you. Number three. What time is it? What time is it? Oh, we're good. We're good. What am I talking about? Number three, in the wilderness, God will test you. God will test you. So he provides, he guides, but he tests you. You will be, te- you will be tested. You will be tempted. You will be tried. You will be challenged. You will be squeezed. You will be crushed. Your faith will be tested. Your trust in God will be tested. It's in the wilderness where I learn to either trust in God or in my fears. It was in the wilderness where Jesus was tempted by the devil three different times. Look at somebody and tell them it's about to get good right here. It's about to get good. In Matthew 4, it says... Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, the capital S, into the wilderness. To what? Be tempted by who? Does that verse not terrify anybody else? The Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. Listen, if you are in the wilderness Today, God is in the middle of it. He's behind it. He's behind it. Even if you led yourself out into the wilderness, because that happens. Listen, God either led you into the wilderness or he let you into the wilderness. But either way, God's in it. Verse 2, 
after fasting, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Listen, 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 listen. The devil will always, always attack you the hardest in your weakest moments. Jesus is all alone. He's vulnerable. He's hungry. The tempter comes. See, some of you are not in a physical wilderness today, but, but you might be in a relational wilderness, right? You might be married in a relational wilderness. You might be married yet feel all alone. You, you, you feel starved for love. You feel starved for attention. You still starved for affection. You feel starved. But companionship. Listen. Be very careful. You're in a relational wilderness. That's when the tempter comes in. Look what Jesus said. He said, if the devil said, he said, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. <laughs> this is wild, y'all. So the devil comes and said, hey, if you are who you say you are, tell these stones to become bread. So the devil starts persuading, invading, persuading. He's trying to convince. There is no point, Jesus, in starving yourself in hunger when you have the power to feed it. And he persuades you. He tells you, feed your flesh. You don't have to starve your desires when you have the power to feed them. So feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them, feed them. Feed that flesh, feed that flesh, feed that lust, feed that lust of the eyes, feed that lust of the flesh, feed that pride of life. Why would you starve yourself when you have the power to feed yourself? What Jesus said in verse 4. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He, he quotes from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. That's Deuteronomy 8 3. He quotes scripture. Let's move on. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Woo! Ready? For it is written. Oh, my God. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike foot against a stone. This is wildness. This is crazy. Jesus fights temptation by quoting scripture and now the devil is quoting scripture he's quoting psalm chapter 91 in verse 12 and look mm. <laughs> this is like some friends you have they quote scripture but live like the devil look at somebody tell me you need to get some new friends come on you need to get some new friends Y'all know, you could think of somebody right away. Somebody thought of you right away. 
The devil will always, always, always try to use your greatest weapon from God against yourself. If you are who you say you are. If you have the gift of compassion from God, he'll try to use it against you. You have to be careful because you become so compassionate to help the drug addict or the alcoholic that you become a drug addict or an alcoholic. If you're generous, he'll try to make people take advantage of you. So you become jaded and are no longer generous. If you're a prayer warrior, he'll try to turn you into a powerless worrier. I've learned most people in life that are worried, like they're chronic worriers. They're actually prayer warriors. They just haven't converted that over yet. But they're prayer warriors. You turn those worries and become a warrior. He'll try to use your greatest strength again. Verse 7. Look at verse 7 with me. Jesus says again, it is also written, do not put the Lord God to the test. Deuteronomy 6.16. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this, Jesus, all this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Because if you haven't figured this out yet, the devil will always offer you the temporary things of this world in exchange for your soul. In exchange for God's anointing on your life. In exchange for God's purpose on your life. You remember John 10, 10 that says the devil comes to steal, kill, destroy? Remember that one? He's trying to steal. He can't steal your salvation. If you're saved, he cannot steal your salvation. You're a Christian. You believe in Jesus. So he can't win that fight. So what's he going after? Your purpose. Your anointing. Because they might be going to heaven, but if I can neutralize them on earth, I'll take it. Wouldn't you take it? Wouldn't you take neutralizing your enemy if you could? He would try to steal your anointing. He'll try to steal your calling. He'll try to steal your purpose. Look at what it says. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, he said, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? Jesus, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world in their splendor. Just bow down to me. You have to understand the devil, the devil, the devil wants to bless you Are you getting this? He wants to bless you with the things of this world. In exchange for your purpose, your anointing, your soul. He wants to bless you so much with the things of this world that it actually curses you. That you actually sell out like Judas. The devil will feed you so much. He'll feed you so much of this world that you starve out God's word. And this is what he said. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 10 and 11. He said, away from me, Satan. Away from me, Satan. 
You know, sometimes you just got to bind the devil. Away from me, Satan. I bind you off my family. Satan, I bind you off my marriage. I bind you off my child. I bind you off my grandchild. I bind you. I bind you, enemy. Satan, get away from me. I bind you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Not in my name. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Satan, I bind you. I bind you. Get away from me, Satan. Get away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord God and serve him only. I still have another point. Sit down. And then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. This is a big one. This is a big one. Do you know what happened? Right before Jesus was, right before he was tempted, he was baptized. Do you know what happened right after he was tempted? His public ministry began. What I'm trying to say is that Satan will always try to defeat you before you take one step toward your destiny. And you got to be ready because when God starts to raise you up, Satan's going to try to bring you down. The wilderness will test you, try you, challenge you, squeeze you, crush you. Point four. God will bless you in the wilderness. God will bless you in the wilderness. Because every person who leaves the wilderness will never be the same person who entered the wilderness. Never. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. God has a promised land for you on the other side of the wilderness. Your promised land is right around the corner. I want to read this verse to you. Coming in the home stretch. Even though we still have a lot of time. Thanks, Sam. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. Are you guys ready for this? Because this, this, this is going to be wild. Y'all ready for this? I, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves. And they drowned, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. I love this verse. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in a dry wasteland but forget all that look at somebody and tell them but forget all that but forget all that that's nothing compared to what i'm gonna do but forget all that that's nothing compared to all the supernatural crazy miraculous stuff that i'm about to do that ain't nothing forget all that i'm about to open a door that no man can open but forget all that i'm about to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding but forget all that stuff forget all that old miracle forget all those old miracles forget all that i'm about to give you joy 
unspeakable and full of glory. I'm about to heal your heart. I'm about to heal your relationship. I'm about to heal your marriage. I'm about to give you something that you had no idea. You had no idea. Come on, sing this, but forget all that. forget all that God we're going to forget all those old miracles God we're looking forward to the new miracles God we're looking forward to the new mercy God we're looking forward to the new grace God we're looking forward to the new relationship God we're looking forward to the new the new the old has gone and the new has come God the old has gone and the new has come God we look forward we're looking forward to the future we're looking forward to our promised land we're looking forward. We're going to grow our roots in the Word. Grow our, grow our roots in worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, if, if, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he, he died for you so that you could live with him, that, that you could have life and have life abundantly. He is the, he is the secret sauce to my life. He, he's it. He's it. He's my everything. Some of you need to get off the fence today and jump all in for Jesus Christ. Stop riding the fence, man. Stop riding. You got one foot in, one foot out. That's not a life of blessing. If you're here today, I I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ right now, lift up your hands so I can see it. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Jesus hung high on that cross. We We can lift our hand up. Come on, lift your hand. I want to give my life right now. I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Everybody, would you pray out loud with me, dear Jesus? I give you my life today. Thank you for giving me yours 2,000 years ago. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for new life. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for wiping the old away. about the name of Jesus, isn't there? Something about the name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's something about your name. God is holy. It's pure. It's righteous. God, your name is power. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
I'll forget all that because this is nothing compared to what I'm about to do in you. But forget all that because I'm going to bless you. Because I'm reminded of a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 28. In verse 3, and it says, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Look at somebody and tell somebody, you're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the field. Come on, tell somebody. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit www.impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.